Warning, this show contains childish adult content and is intended for immature, mature audiences. Listener discretion is advised. The views spoken are hours and hours alone, not those of any other bugger. If you're easily offended, we strongly suggest finding another podcast. Everybody neat and pretty, then on with the show. Hello and welcome to the first Febby Febby edition of Disaster Dark. I am Nick. Oh, by the way, Febby Febby, that's that's the new February. I'm going to see if that catches on. <laughs> right, I just think February is just a bit of a boring <laughs> name What did for you month. call it? Febby Febby. Febby Febby. Febby Febby. <laughs> so let's, good, they named it twice. Yeah, let's see if we can get it trending. Uh, and it's the shortest month as well, it deserves special recognition. Um... Yes, as you can hear already, I'm joined by an eclectic mix of my favourite Disney podcast people. So I'll yeah. go around in clockwise fashion, as I can see them in front of me. I hope the listener believes all this, by the way. Um, <laughs> and you can hear, of course, the dulcet tones of Miss Boston White. Hi, happy Febby Febby. Oh, and to you. And to you. <laughs> uh, we are also joined, of course, by Mr. D, Paul Dolan. Thank God, Johnny Johnny's finished. <laughs> No why was Johnny Johnny so long it's <laughs> just, just the worst 31 days in the first month of the year what were uh, they thinking shocker. bloody Romans no wonder we're getting it out of uh, Europe I'm also joined by P-dubs Paul Washington sounding delightful tonight Konnichiwa there you go there you go a Japanese robot version of P-dubs has joined us and we are joined as well not by Craig and not by another Scouser, but my favourite Southerner, Mr. Chris Ripley. Or a can of coke. And a can of chicken. <laughs> a can of chicken. Can of well, chicken. You, well, yeah, you, right, before you even mock me for getting it wrong, have you seen, and if you haven't, uh, listeners, pause the podcast, go and Google, chicken in a can. Oh, if God. you were yeah. a vegetarian, you will be well, after no. seeing that. It looks a little bit like... Um, you know, you know, like the 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 kind of alien baby you get in the alien films, like the chestbursters. Oh yeah, it looks a bit like that because it's covered in like slime. It's awful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We talked about this, didn't we? We I'm did. I'm sure yeah. we did. And then I went, I googled, I googled it. Wish <laughs> I hadn't. Okay, well, well, if you've already done that, um, then in that case, um, see if you can find um, a blue waffle. Yes, that's right. Oh, Google, please. Google blue waffle. Please. Don't listen Do to Mister Ripley. Do that. <laughs> do not do yeah, that. Please, please do not do that. Um, you you don't will. Do you definitely don't do it. You will hate us. You will hate us if you do that. So please don't. Um, so yes, as I said, it's the first. It's the first show we're doing in February. February. Um, first of many, because obviously, Universal After Dark. There'll probably be a new pop out. I'm sure Strike will be back this month as well. And uh, if um, if Craig and coax um, Lee out of the man cave, then maybe another ego. But I'm going to start this month and this show. As we do each and every week, what are you drinking? And we're going to go the other way around. Mr. Ripley, what are you drinking? Uh, coffee. 
coughing because <laughs> of what I said earlier on. <laughs> you called it. <laughs> oh, I almost had a coffee and I thought, I had a bit of a late one last night and I thought if I have a coffee now, I'm probably not going to get to sleep to about four, so it's pretty best I don't. But a good for choice. coffee? Do you, um, do, what, what, what kind of coffee do you go for? Uh, for coffee. For coffee. <laughs> Isn't that what Trump tweeted? I'm sure that's no, what he's he, he drinks coffee for Coffee for Of course he does. Silly me. Silly me. You see why I got confused. Yes. Um, Mr. Washington, what are you drinking? I haven't joked about it before. I'm also drinking coffee. <laughs> um, <laughs> of the caramel kind. We, you know what? It's funny you, you said that. And the reason why I asked Mr. Ridley, because I'm still a, a coffee pussy. Um, and what I mean by that is um, I'm still not really man enough I was going to say something else but no I'm still not man enough to um, to drink proper coffee so I can't drink an espresso straight I'd need to have like a bit of sugar in it or something like that to sweeten it um, I, I do like a flavoured coffee so I like a bit of hazelnut or uh, something like that and yes I had a caramel uh, coffee for, for probably not the first time but the first time in, in, a, in a long time and it was delightful Really enjoyed it. So, should I tell you who I think does the best coffee? Go on. McDonald's. That is a bold, bold choice. That isn't it, right? Honestly. I love you so much, but you're wrong. (laughs) I'll tell you what my problem is with. Maybe the cheapest. It's not the best. Yeah, well, no. No, you know what? There's there's a place that's just opened near my work. It's like a crepe place. And it like it's pretty expensive, but they've started doing one pound coffees before eleven, and I'm like, yes. Is it and their fancy cre- coffees? Is it Crepe Monde? Filter coffees, eight to nine pounds. No, it's, it, that, it, Paul, you got confused. What a man is talking about is Crepe Monde. It's, uh, it's a new spin-off, <laughs> new spin-off brand. Interesting story, uh, as you mentioned that, uh, Mr. Ripley, about McDonald's obviously not having the best coffee, but never mind. Is the fact that um, until recently, McDonald's were a majority shareholder in Prep. Were they? Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like a kind of like um, what is it when you're an investor but you don't get involved in the politics? Kind of like uh, a silent investor, but not you know. Yeah, it, it wasn't that, but basically they they invested in the company, but they weren't in the decision making process or anything like that. Um, but no, I, tell you what, I actually go met the CEO of McDonald's the other day. Ronald. It wasn't Michael Ronald. Key. No. No, I don't know what his name was. We were in this cafe, and they had this event space out the back, and there was all these suits marching in. And I said to the the lady, "Who are these people?" Just out of interest, so I'm I'm nosy. I'm nosy. You know what I'm like. <laughs> no, it's, don't don't you know who I am? I deserve to know who these people are. <laughs> they said these these are McDonald's directors. They're having a party. They're having a late Christmas party in London. And they were getting noisy and a bit, you know, they were drinking a bit. And one of the directors was there. I, I don't know if he was a CEO or not, but I was talking to him. And I said, can I ask you a question? And he says, yeah. I said, I've had my birthday parties in your restaurant, so why aren't you having your Christmas do in one of your restaurants? <laughs> How did that go and down? He, and he just laughed and walked off. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least he laughed. I do what I want to know is how many stars did he have on his badge? <laughs> for a CEO it should be like dozens yeah. should, have. All, should all, have all down his arms as well should but interestingly enough Stephen Mannion was one of their guests hmm yeah why Dirk Gently himself yeah or Postman do you know why Pat? I said Michael Keaton yeah why 
So the, the movie The Founder. Ah, yes. Uh, it's I, a good movie, by the way. I watched... I watched 10 minutes of The Founder and turned it off. Not because I Did was... You? Yeah, well, I hadn't finished. Because, not because I was disgusted with it or I didn't like it, but because I was watching it alone and I thought... I found it fascinating. I was like, I need my wife to... My wife! To watch this with me. Because mm. that bit at the beginning when he first goes to McDonald's and you yeah. see how they were making the burgers and everything just, just fascinated me. It's yeah. nowhere near as exciting as that now. Um, but yeah, so no, I'm going to watch that uh, properly soon. But uh, I'm glad to hear you both say it was good. But no, my, my problem with McDonald's coffee... By the way, this is Disaster Dark. Um, my problem with McDonald's coffee is, is the fact... Starbucks after I that? know. You may as well. It's the only one we haven't mentioned yet. Cost is also available. Um, Cafe Nero, depends where you are. But with McDonald's coffee, is there's no there's no milk uh, substitutes. You get one um, type of milk and that's it. And I try and avoid dairy where possible. So, um, yeah, that's, that's why I've gone off it a bit. But... Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I don't drink cow milk, so I'm not down no, with McDonald's coffee. No, what's your what's your alternative? In fact, I'll ask you: Are you drinking an alternative milk right now? No, I am not. I'm drinking a Corona right now. <laughs> That's got no <laughs> milk in it. My favorite milk alternative depends on what I'm having. Mm. So if I'm having cereal, I prefer soy milk. If I'm, if I'm having coffee or tea, I prefer oat milk or oh. hazelnut milk. Oh, it's just blown blown my mind. Just started drinking oat milk. Wow, it's so nice. And coffee, just just really. I was drinking almond milk, but I, I hear it's not particularly good for the environment. So, oh. anyway, more on on nuts about milk uh, next time, Mister D. What are you <laughs> drinking? Oh, I'm uh, I'm oh. on the Thatcher's He's Cloudy Silver Set Cider. Or it's oh, almost uh, scrumpy that. I uh, it's lovely. I've got, um, I, I had a bottle of um, Cherry Pepsi Max with, with only a little bit left in the bottle. And I thought, it looks a bit lonely. So um, I very carefully, I had to be very careful, it's a, it's a small nozzle, um, poured some um, amaretto in that. Disarano, oh. to be exact. Yes. So, um, mm. The only problem is, because it's a bit almond, well, Disarano is almondy, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And so, because it's cherry based, it, it kind of gets lost a little bit. It'd been better if it was Pepsi Max regular. Of course, other colours are available. But it's enough. like a Bakewell, then, isn't it? In a glass, a Bakewell tart. Yeah, yeah. Used to make a shot like that actually in the in, in the pubs. But regardless of all these drinks, I can't believe we spent almost ten minutes about drinks. Brilliant. Um, there is a lot of stuff that we want to talk about this week. Um, so. I think P-Dubs had the biggest list of news stories. I think we'll go to you first, just because we'll start chopping them down as we go along. Yeah. Right, let's let's go park by park then. Oh. Um, I'm going to start with the things that seem to be changing. Um, this is uh, this isn't really a news story, and it's kind of a little bit of a rumor mill. Blimey, we've already done false advertising. Yeah, well, I was I was listening to that that their other podcast up the road, UUIP, the other day when they had our friend our friend Jim on. Um, well, and, well, and they were talking about um, the the VR experience over at the Sea Life at uh, Sea World. Okay, um, on the crack, and it seems to have been removed. 
Um, since then. What, since um, they were talking about it, or...? Well, yeah, since, since they were talking about it, but Jim said that both Universal and Disney had someone there on opening day to look at it. Hmm. Um, interestingly, now SeaWorld have removed it. It's not known whether it's permanent. They seem to be telling people that it isn't. Um, but they seem to have removed it completely. There's no sign of it on the ride at all. Um, so it doesn't seem to have done particularly well. Though, interestingly, today, Legoland have announced their new coaster does have VR on it. So hmm. it seems like it's still something that they're looking at very heavily across the whole of the, the theme park industry. But it seems like SeaWorld haven't presently found favour with it. You know what? what? I just, I just don't like, I don't like VR on a roller coaster. Okay, that's good. I was good. I'm glad you you finished off that sentence. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I like, I like there's like certain videos and YouTube and things like that where you can watch a VR video, and I think that's cool. But I just don't like it on a roller coaster. I don't necessarily mind like if they were going to say, if they said in the beginning, oh, this cracking thing's temporary and it's going to be like a, a limited a limited time thing just to like make it a bit different. I think I would have felt a bit differently about it then. But I'm just I'm just not into it. I've, I've yet to go, because I mean, let's be honest, there's not been many attractions that they've, they've kind of retrofitted this stuff to. Um, so I've not experienced it yet, but I have experienced VR, both the original 1992 version with that massive helmet that weighed about four stone <laughs> and the newer version which obviously doesn't weigh anywhere near as much and when i've used like modern vr i found it really good but i think when you're like i've been doing it quite it's somewhere quite static and i think when you add motion into it you've got to be very careful because it can be quite jarring mm-hmm. unless you've got really good technology it can be quite jarring. And a lot of VR at the moment, because it's, it's still really, this new wave of it is very much in its infancy still. Um, I don't think the frame rates are particularly good. And I think when you add that with motion, it can make you feel a bit nauseous. You think about how many people complain about Star Tours being in 3D. Mm-hmm. And that's nowhere near as immersive as, as VR is. And VR to me is is like you know, 3D on acid or something. Do you know what I mean? It's it's a lot more intense. It's a lot more hardcore. So adding it to an attraction like that, you know, I think, I think you know, it's probably made more people complain about how they felt afterwards. I'd imagine, anyway. I think yeah, if it was quite I a static mean, ride, or slow ride, it wouldn't be so bad. Yeah, but I think, I don't know, I, there's, I think there's a whole bunch of reasons why I just don't like it. Like I haven't haven't been on Kraken since I had the VR because I didn't I didn't manage to get out to SeaWorld last year, but I did ride um, Air after, in all the hours after it changed to Galactica, mm. and I didn't like having to put something on my face that had been on like millions of other people's faces, and then I felt like I can't see anything that's happening around me outside, mm. and that's making me nervous. That that's what I don't like. I, I I watch videos of people playing like Resident Evil VR, and that's what I don't like. Obviously, that game was designed to scare you, but it's the fact that you're so immersed you do not know what's going on around you. 
yeah. and I'm, I'm sure I've told this story. It may not have been on this podcast before, but um, years and years ago, before we had kids, the spare room where we used to live used to be basically my little games room. So I used to have my console set up in there. And one day, I was in there playing, uh, I want to say Dead Space. Something quite spooky, anyway. And she was watching Desperate Housewives or something next door, like I cared. And anyway, had the lights, I had the lights down low, had, had the volume kind of turned up, I was getting, sat in a beanbag, getting really immense in this game. <laughs> and all of a sudden, she peeks around the door and just went, boo. Not even particularly loud, me, and it scared the absolute shit out of me. And I screamed <laughs> at her, and I made, I then made her cry because of how my reaction oh, yeah. was. And then I felt, and then obviously You're I felt like terrible. Husband. That's it, exactly. And I felt, I felt like immediately terrible. But she scared me so much. I don't think she thought <laughs> I was so immersed in the game. Um, so yeah, it didn't happen again. But um, yes, yeah, so that's what I don't like about the VR thing. You know, if you're on a ride, it's, it's a little bit different. But if you're standing in your front room or something like that, you don't know what people are doing around you. Very, no. very odd. Um, Paul, you said uh, Legoland have announced it. What, what Legoland has announced that? Uh, the one in, in Florida. Right. Okay. So, just literally today, and it's going to be opening in the next two or three months, I think. Well, I think that's what's appealing to a lot of these places that are trying to put these into attractions. Because there's a new... Um, Oh, and talking about how it makes you feel, uh, there's a video. I think it was called like the Time Tunnel or something. There's a new attraction that's being built. Uh, I want to say it's. It, I don't think it was Six Flags, but it was one of those American parks. And the only way I could describe the ride vehicle was it was a bit like Crush's coaster. In that you span around as she was going on the track, and that had a VR thing as well on it. Oh, no. And I thought, not not in your life, mate. No way. You know, going on one of those rides where it spins you like that anyway is quite enough. But to add, then add like a headset and, and VR stuff, no. Mm-mm. No, it looks, looks horrible. But it's a cheap way of, you know, changing your ride. You know, if you look at, um, you know, what they've done with Space Mountains at Disneyland and at Disneyland Paris. You know, when they've done turn those into hyperspace mountains, they've you know put in projection effects and you know props and all that kind of stuff. Um, but surely it'd be much easier if they just put you put um, VR headsets on there. Just done that. So it's probably yeah. just a cheap way of of changing these these rides, and that's it. And they can change it on a regular basis. It's yeah. it's not like they're stuck to one thing. So after a year, they could change it to something else. It's, it is a it's a very. very I, I, I imagine the the technical side of it is expensive in the first place, but after that, what they do with it won't cost them that much. No, no, I don't. I don't know. I, I feel like like VR is kind of just an in thing now, but I, I don't think it's going to be like that for a long time. I. It, it, it's very on the cusp. I think it can really go either way. We want to do that Void thing, the Star Wars thing that they've got in London. Um, yeah, like I feel like things like that are really cool. Mm. But I feel like putting it onto rides, like if you're going to add it onto an existing ride, it's maybe not so bad. But I feel like if you're going to base an entire ride around it having VR, I think that's a mistake. Well, we're, we're assuming it's cool, Amanda. We don't know yet. But 
uh, people that work at the void, we're very willing to try that out for you. So get in touch. Uh, and then we'll make a better judgment. Mm-hmm. But no, I mean, for, for stuff like that, certainly. And also, I mean, they use a similar tech, didn't they, at uh, Halloween Horror Nights? Mm-hmm. For the paid experience. Um, I've seen footage of the Darren Brown thing they do at um, Thorpe Park, which again looks terrible. <laughs> it really doesn't look well, like they it. Op- the effects they are terrible. opened it and then closed it again. Yeah. I know. I went and it was shut. Yeah. You, you, I think you got a lucky escape, to be honest. <laughs> but but I think it can go either way, Amanda, because I mean, I was just talking briefly to my brother about it yesterday, um, just VR in general, not about rides or anything like that, and he started talking about the technical details and how um, you know they're kind of working on the next kind of upgrade to it, which would make it smoother and better, and you know reduce some of the flaws that they that they've got now. So I think it's going to be around for a bit, and I think if they can start to work on the technology and you know improve it where it is at the moment from where it is at the moment then you know it could be something that we see for a long time and see come you know popping up more and more but you're right and it could go the other way you know five years down the line it's just seen as a fad a bit like how 3d kind of come back and is slowly dying off again um Mm -hmm. if i was going to go and see a film i'd rather not see it in 3d and I know it's just a personal thing, but then mm. if I'm on a roller coaster, I want to see the roller coaster. Yeah, and but and I, I think the, the the thing with the VR, and especially like if you look at what they did, how they did it with Air and or Galactic or whatever they called it, and and Kraken is the the views aren't particularly good. Like you know, I went on the Hulk for the first time. I liked the ride, but you know, everything's over really in the flash and there's nothing really exciting to see. It's just a roller coaster. But if they took that and transformed it so while you're going around that ride, you know, the Hulk is uh, smashing up buildings and, you know, running over rooftops trying to catch a villain or something, that would make it a much more exciting ride, would it not? It would, but... But at what cost? Yeah. Like, a lot of people then, I feel wouldn't ride it because it would make them feel too sick yes That's i right. don't know I, I i just i don't know how i feel about vr i'm i'm really on the fence about it fair enough fair enough anyone else will chime in with vr before we move on no Uh-oh. No, it sounds like we said all we need to say about that, so <laughs> we will we will indeed move on. Um, Mr. D, was there anything that you uh, had that you wanted to talk about tonight? Uh, just a few little things. I mean, I guess um, new Han Solo trailer. Oh God, yeah, I was hoping we was going to get further into the podcast until we saw that. Spoke about that. Um, <laughs> did we all have we all seen the Han Solo trailer? No. Has anyone that wanted to see the Han Solo trailer seen the Han Solo trailer? Uh, I have seen it, yes. Uh, Mr. D, I take it you've seen it. P-Dubs, have you yeah. seen it? Yeah. So, I, I made my feelings pretty pretty quickly known on social media about how I felt about uh, Solo, a Star Wars story. Um, mm-hmm. Mr. D, you brought it up. Uh, what did you think? Uh, I think it looks okay. I mean... Um, I don't know if you don't sound any, very convincing yeah I don't have any strong feelings it's hard to tell from the trailers isn't it they give you little snippets I mean obviously visually it looks good yeah but they all look good these days I mean the 
the uh, sort of visual effects have, have gone to the point where you expect them to look good. So it really depends on the story. And I don't think I could gain a lot about, you know, how good the story is going to be just from that trailer. But it's, I'll go and see it. I mean, that's, mm. a, that's a given. I think it opens in May, doesn't it? Memorial Day in the week in the um, in the US, I think. But it opens the 25th is it the same of May. time here? Yeah. Um, okay. which, which is the, the 41st anniversary of Star Wars. Yeah. Everything about this is wrong. You know, one, they've released it a year too late, in my opinion. Secondly, they should have released that before they released Avengers. They they gave it the made a full slot. You know, there's just so many missteps with this so far. Um, I'm not sure when we're getting it. The UK trailer just said coming soon, whilst the American yeah. trailer did have the, the date. Um, I, I'll have a look on Flexster. I, I thought the actor play... Right, no, you know what? We've had one opinion. P-Dubs, what did you think? Uh, again, I, I'm i not completely sure what it's meant to be doing. I don't think there's really any need for the story anyway. Um, we know what Han Solo is. Um, the trailer looked alright. Again, the effects, fantastic as they always are in Star Wars films. We We had a little chat earlier once the trailer came out um, that we were actually more sold on someone else in the trailer than we are with the lead mm. um, in Donald Glover we oh think I thought it... you were going to say um, Khaleesi because I heard that she is in it she is yeah you kind of saw a little bit she just seemed to be like Princess Leia Light to be honest you didn't really get yeah. much um, you, didn't, you didn't see too much of her so that's a pretty uh, harsh judgment, but um, you didn't think either. Oh wow, it's Khaleesi. Do you know what I mean? It was I don't know. She didn't particularly stand out. No. But yeah, the but... general consensus does seem to be that if this was uh, Lando, a Star Wars story, people would be even more excited. Yeah, definitely. because because it's a less known story. Yeah, well, I I think so. I think so. I think that might be it. And Mr. Ripley, before I, I go in, into what I think is the biggest problem, what about yourself? What did you think? I think, uh, well, having just watched uh, Blade Runner, the new one, mm. where uh, Harrison Ford pops up in that um, and sort of just steals the show, I, I have to say that the, the trailer, it looks like a, an interesting film. It looks fun. But the lead actor, to me, doesn't scream Han Solo. And that is what I've been putting off to the last... So we got around everyone that watched it. Because that, yeah. that's what my biggest problem is. Is that... I, the, with Lando Carizium, as a character, although he's in two of the Star Wars films, he's not in it a great deal. And he's a very memorable character. And I think he was... You know, he did stand out, which is why people like him. But you didn't get much of him. Whilst Han Solo was obviously a, a very integral part of all of those films. So your casual fan, your very uncasual fan as well, I suppose. So you know, imagining people like Amanda, they might remember seeing Lando Cruising in the film, but probably, you know, don't don't really think about that character too much. But Han Solo, everyone knows who Han Solo is, and so the you know, and this picture is about that character. So therefore, the the focus is on him, and the guy they've got playing him just feels totally wrong. He doesn't look like him. He doesn't sound like him, and in the brief 
bits that you actually saw him in the film you heard him talk a bit but you know what you how you saw him act and stuff like that he didn't seem to get the character and the problem is as well is that and I, I don't know how old the guy what's his name Gordon I can't even remember his surname Gordon Burns <laughs> Gordon Burns and Krypton Factor um, I'm sure it's not well, it doesn't matter what his name is anyway because no one's going to care um, it's Alden Henry <laughs> Gordon <laughs> Gordon Bennett right it'd been better choice it'd be but that's way be a good one in Scrabble lost points yeah it's um yeah I mean I, I just thought he was terrible and for anyone that's seen Valerian I think that Dane DeHaan is a, an absolutely terrible actor he'd have probably been a better choice to play Han Solo than this guy is he just seems devoid of charisma and if there's one thing that you know people love about Han Solo is the character and how charismatic he is and this guy just seems to be totally totally off can I can I just say to everybody, if you're in front of a computer, Google the name Anthony Ingruber. Because that guy is an absolute spitting image of Harrison Ford. Everyone's frantically typing. He sounds like Harrison Ford. He looks like Harrison Ford. He could Does be he Harrison Ford in a time travel thing, gone back in time to, well, forward in time and, to and, 2018. Anthony what? In Gruber, I N G R U B E R. Got ya. Okay, let's have a look. Oh, they're not Anthony and Gallus. Who's that? It's not what I typed it's in. It's busted today, Anthony and Gruber. Is it? Oh, well, Happy birthday, Anthony. Happy I'm sure birthday. You're listening. If you're listening. I'm sure uh, I like the way I've typed in Anthony and Gruber, and the, the Google selection was Anthony and Gruber, Anthony ingrown hair treatment. <laughs> I don't know if that's a relative or or what. Um, what? You, no, you're absolutely spot on. Who is that guy? Oh, he's, he's a voice an and screen actor. Okay. Mm. Yeah. Why did they choose someone like him? You know what? I think this is why they kicked off Miller and, and Lord. You know, because they were pissing about too much, including their choices of gods in the film. <laughs> yeah, we'll have that guy. Oh, oh, you believed us. Oh. Um, they never actually said why they got rid of them, did they? Well, and they never will. No, there'll be NDAs all over the place. The same with uh, Edgar Wright; it's very diplomatic when anyone mentions Ant Man. I'll get it out of him one day. Um, yeah, that guy does look like Harrison Ford. But well, that... he did—he uh, did an impersonation, didn't he? he yeah, it looks a like it. YouTube video. Yeah, ages ago as well, two thousand eight. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that guy is—he's he, much more would have been much better suited to the role um, this guy just seems totally totally wrong and that's what mm. puts me off I mean yeah I agree with everyone the film what I was sort of trying to thought okay the film looks good and it looks like they've done a good job and you know it'd be interesting to see how much is Ron Howard and how much of it was the original uh, you know filming you know depending on who you speak to it's anywhere between 20 and 80% have been redone I'm guessing it's probably more on the the heavier side of that number, um, but it, it does look good and it looks like a Star Wars film. But I think if that was about any other character, there'd be no problems. It's the fact they've made it about Han Solo, and yet Donald Glover in the in the in the very few scenes you see of him already looks like he's nailed Billy Dee Williams. Mm. 
So it's just it, it just shows how important it is. And of course, it has got another plus point for it. It's got Woody Holson in. You know, he's been very good of late. He's said he's had a, a couple of very good years in film, and yeah. uh, I think it'd be a worthy addition. Do you ever see? Um... Was it True Detective, the programme? I yes. never saw True Detective. Yeah, Woody was excellent in that. Yes. So good. Well, I saw him in the last, in the last six months or so. I've seen him in uh, Planet of the Apes. Whichever one was that? Was it Rise? No, it wasn't Rise, was it? Oh, War, for War, War for Planet of the Apes. That's right. Oh, that missed a day. And also, he was in Free, Free Billboards outside Ebbing, Missouri. And yeah. uh, oh. great in both of those. Really, really good. Oh, both really good films as well. Um, but yeah, he's I heard something else as well. Well, I, 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 he's been doing quite a lot. He's, he's had a bit of a career yeah. renaissance, you know, of late. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's a really good actor. So I think it's got a good cast. I just think the lead is miscast, and unfortunately, that's that's who the film's based on. Um, I also find it interesting that they've managed to make the Millennium Falcon a different shape, so you have another toy to buy. <laughs> I don't know if anyone else uh, clocked that as well. No. Well, that's interesting. Mm. Does JJ uh, Abrams have anything to do with this film? No. Good. I'll probably watch it then because I don't like JJ Abrams. Why? <laughs> because because I tell you why. A Cloverfield rubbish. Wrong. And they keep flogging a dead horse. Wrong. B, B, he ruined Star Trek. And C, Possible. he's ruining Star Wars very slowly. So, so that's why I don't like J.J. So, I think he's the most so, overrated director ever. So do you think... I, I'd argue that's George Lucas. Do you think, then, that um, The Last Jedi was a better film than The Force Awakens? I haven't seen The Last Jedi in protest, and I think Rogue One is of a what? Film. Protest of what? J.J. <laughs> Abrams, clearly. But yeah. He, he, didn't direct, he didn't direct it. Yeah, no. but he was gonna, then he didn't, and he probably had some kind of input. Well, allegedly not. That was, that was the entire thing. Uh, and he's got no Which credits on it. cares not for allegedly's. <laughs> well, no, I mean, you know, you have to go by the official credits, and, you know, he didn't write the film, and he didn't produce the film. So, you know... He just sung the theme tune. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. The, the, the last of like, still dividing Star Wars fans uh, eight weeks on. Um, I like Cloverfield, so... Sorry. Um, but yes, yeah, he, he's got nothing to do with it, so you, you'll be all right. And he's got nothing to do with the new trilogy either, so... You know, okay. And you've got to remember as well, whether you think he, he ruined Star Trek or not, the reason he got the gig for Star Trek is because he thought there was going to be no Star Wars films. So that was his... That's not a good reason, though, Nick. I Look, I'm, look <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not a Trekkie, so, you know... It's, it's like, I'm going to go ruin some franchise because Disney won't let me make a Star Wars film. That's not a good reason. <laughs> what a brat. He completely destroyed Star Trek. They got this new series now on uh, Netflix, which is actually quite good, but it's so messed up now. No one knows what's going on, and it's it's atrocious. What shows that? Star Trek Discovery. Oh no, I thought you meant J.J. Abrams. Sorry. No, he has nothing to do with that show. Thank God. Allegedly. <laughs> 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 But he's probably got something to do with the new Cloverfield 
show that's going to be on Netflix. Well, no, it's not a show. And and, and this, I mean, we're, this isn't really Disney, although J.J. Abrams obviously has a lot of clout with Disney nowadays. <laughs> but what I thought was amazing, so Mr. Ripley clearly doesn't like Cloverfield. Does anyone else like the Cloverfield series? Just me? I've not seen one, a, I mean, the, I don't hate it. Okay. What about the TV one, series? The, no, 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 the films. The, the movies? Mm. Yeah, I like I like 10 Cloverfield Lane. Mm. Yeah. I mean, the original one was, was okay, but I thought 10 Cloverfield Lane was good. It was what it was. But what I love, so like, you know, Cloverfield was being hyped for months. No one knew anything about it. What it was, you never saw the monster. It was very Jaws-like in that respect. And it kind of came out of nowhere. But it, it, there was a, quite a build-up to it. Then 10 Cloverfield Lane, the first anyone knew that he even made this film was when they stuck a trailer out in front of The Force Awakens and it came out like six weeks later. And that was the first anyone knew about the film. And then with this one uh, that got released today, but there's been, uh, they've been talking about there's a third film being made. So everyone knew it was being made and there was rumours it was going to be coming out in, in April at the cinema. And then, and, and like, you know, no trailers or, or nothing. And then during the Super Bowl, the most watched you know, sporting event, event, not even sporting event, the most, the biggest watched, most watched event around the world. During the advert breaks, Netflix showed the trailer for the film and then announced it was streaming straight after the Super Bowl. That, that That's the most confusing thing in movie history to me, that they've released a trailer for a film, the first trailer, and then an hour later, you were able to watch it. With no name of the film or anything until that moment in time, or even the fact it was being released straight to Netflix, it was you just are, there. Right. Amazing! It's it's the it makes best. No sense. It's the best publicity stunt I've ever seen. But it makes no sense. It makes perfect sense because it, what they've done, what Netflix would have done, is paid Paramount the rights to have that film. So if Paramount, the rumor is Paramount spent about forty million dollars making that film, so Netflix would have paid them either the 40 million or maybe double or whatever to have the rights to it and that's it so everyone's a winner Paramount have got their money back for making the film and then some Netflix Wait, they have got still their make buzz. films? well allegedly because <laughs> <laughs> well, you don't really see people saying oh you've got to see the next Paramount film well again they did They did advertise another Paramount film during the Super Bowl Mission Impossible oh yeah of course, of course. Well, what's that bad robot J.J. Abrams no, definitely not watching that now. <laughs> Although it doesn't direct to many people, but still. Um, yeah, I, there were other trailers, of course, for the Super Bowl. There was um, uh, another trailer for Infinity War. Did anyone see that? Yes. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I've, I've avoided it. I, I feel that I've seen enough. I don't need to it's see It's not anymore. even a trailer. Oh, is it not? No, it's like 31 seconds long. Oh, it's another TV spot. Okay. Yeah, that's all it was. And uh, there was an, another big film they showed a trailer for yesterday was, um, of course, uh, you're trying to think of it, Jurassic World 2. I haven't seen this trailer yet, but I'm no. going to watch it when we finished recording, and I'm really excited about it. I wouldn't bother. Don't say that to me. <laughs> I, I, I'm so excited. Um, I would... Um, I, I want to see it 
but the same because I, I wasn't I didn't mind the first trailer but it didn't blow me away like Jurassic World did when I saw the first trailer for that but I'm also very aware and we've talked about this before that trailers give away too much and so I don't mind seeing the first trailer for something but if I see a second one I worry how much of the film is going to be spoiled yeah I do feel like a lot of the time by the time I actually watch the film I'm like I've seen like three quarters of this and we're getting a film we're getting Jurassic World I think two weeks before America yes finally Ooh. we get a film first yeah that's not Marvel film mm-hmm. um, yeah so that's exciting as well so yeah so I'm not I'm not sure I wouldn't blame you for watching it man because I'm sure like, you're, you're pretty desperate to see it but um, that's why I've not I've not seen it myself so far I'm so excited oh no I am I, I can't wait so I, I really although it doesn't seem to be a very popular opinion I really like Jurassic World I love Jurassic World I loved it as well like yeah. it was that. I think that was what year did that come out in 2014 15 15, 15 I think that was like my favourite film of the year yeah it's definitely the best sequel of all of the Jurassic Park franchise yeah. I yeah, love but... Chris Pratt. I know I've said it a million times, but I love him. Yeah, but to be fair, to be fair, Chris, I mean, the bar was so low you could step over it. <laughs> <laughs> you probably, you probably, sh- you probably shuffle and bump into it. Actually, saying that, I've still never seen all the way through either The Lost World or uh, Jurassic Park Three. I've, I've started to watch them at various points and just given up. Just not enjoying them. So. I've, I've got them, and I will see them at some point. Well, yeah, not okay. They're not terrible. In I fact, don't hate any Jurassic Park film. No, me neither. I'll tell you what is good it's actually, Amanda. sequels. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, Matrix 1. Um, but... Taken. <laughs> oh, God, Taken yeah. <laughs> got how bad those films got. Can't wait for uh, Taken, the animated series. But, um, yeah, you know, funny enough, Amanda, like talking about 3D earlier, Jurassic Park, the 3D conversion of Jurassic Park was amazing. Was it? Considering how old, you know, like Jurassic Park was... Um, to when they kind of did 3D, they spent, I think they spent about a year converting it. They did it, like, they really put a lot of effort into it and it showed, it, it looked really good in 3D. Yeah. Very rare example of when they've done something like that and it's it's worked really well. Um, Right, that's films, what well, films are now ticked off. Uh, Mr. Ripley. Yes, I've got two pieces of news. Have you heard the strongly, very, very, very strongly rumoured new name for Disney Hollywood Studios? Yes, and I've cried. Mm. Yeah. I'm emotional it's about it. Shite. That's why I've cried. It's, <laughs> it's not... what it is. Yeah. Not... It's awful. Yeah. Not even because of, like, just them changing the name. What they're changing it to is so lame. Why, though? This is what I don't get. Well, Mr. Ripley, so tell good. to our listeners. See what it is. Yeah. Well, I, I believe the last time I was I delved into this, it's going to be called Disney Cinemation Park. I think was it Cinema because the last I saw uh, Cinemagine. Cinemagine, yeah. Cinemagine, sorry, yeah. Yeah, it makes even your one makes more sense <laughs> because you know there's like Pixar Place and stuff like that, and obviously you know the the new Toy Story Land. That would make more sense than seeing Imagine Park. What mm. a shit I just name. can't see myself saying, hey, let's go to Cinemagine Park today. You won't need to. 
I'll still call it MGM. I don't care. Yeah, we're all going to do that, I think. Just call it Studios Park, for God's sake. Do you know what I mean? That's yes. what people call it. Just call it Studios Park. I would. If I was doing this, I would do that. If no doubt. It's, it's what people call imagine it. Imagine they've got to put a Cinnabon in there. Cinnabon <laughs> and Cinemagic. Well, I won't have that. It's one of those at City Walk. Can't say it happening anytime soon. But no, just a terrible name. And I'm, I'm, I'm assuming that Twitter's rightfully been in uproar about it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Probably. It, yeah. No one's happy about it. Yeah. I just think it's a silly name. Like, I feel like if you're naming a park, it needs to be something that, you know, rolls off your tongue. And sounds like a, a good park to go to. Like, Cinemagine, it's not a nice word to say, I don't think. No, so and I just, I just, yeah, like, I'm just not feeling it. It's, it's just a terrible, terrible name, isn't it? MGM Forever. I mean, the thing is, like, I get why they, they well, I mean, they, they didn't have any choice, they had to move away from the MGM name, but that's what I mean, like, you know, Hollywood Studios, I thought was alright. But, yeah, but that in itself doesn't make sense, really. Well, I su- well, it had the Chinese theatre, and it had that Hollywood, Hollywood street, Tower. wasn't it? And, yes, the Hollywood Tower Hotel. So there was a few things there that tied into it, but that's what I mean, like, you know, it was MGM Studios, which, actually, if you really want to pick it, it was probably the worst name it had, because, you know, what, what did it have from MGM there? Well, just stuff in the great movie, right? I suppose. That's it. I mean, all yeah. the other properties weren't MGM, like you know, Indiana Why Jones. Why couldn't stuff we like just that. call it like Hollywood Adventure? But just call it just studios. Just call it Disney Studio Park. Yes, and it's where you stick all your film stuff. Done, and that that way, MGM Studios, Hollywood Studios, 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 Studios. <laughs> oh, oh my God! Not- Disney's. <laughs> Disney's Phil Collins Susu Studios. Ah, <laughs> oh. oh, I'm a fucking genius. Uh, I tell you what, I'm wasting this podcast. They, I should be on WWE today. Some, they'd have to put some Tarzan stuff in if it was going to call, be called that. <laughs> True. They want to get away from the studios, world, don't they? Because they don't make anything like that anymore. But, but they, you know, what's what's this? What's Star Wars Land? Is that not made? You know, is Star Wars not made by a studio? Is Lucasfilm not a studio? They don't, they don't actually shoot anything. I mean, they're dead, obviously. Yeah, what's before. that? What's that company that makes all those um, those superhero films? You know, with the uh, the Marvel characters. What are they called? <laughs> the thing was. Oh, hang on, Marvel Marvel Studios. The, oh, I'm glad the, there's no studios left. The thing was right that when uh, Universal decided they were going to build something in Florida, and Eisner said right. Fu, we're going to build our own studio park. They did find out subsequently after they'd both been built that Disney got more business because people thought they were booking tickets to go to Universal Studios, but in fact they booked the wrong ticket to go to MGM Studios. So you know, even then they they knew they were going to get sort of you know that's the answer. Happy mistake. Disney's Universal Studios. Oh my God. Just buy them out, it's yeah. Genius. Take take away my Phil Collins joke. That's the answer right there. And yeah. to be honest, if things carry on the way that they are, it could could be reality in a few years' time. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Universal just means 
everything. So Disney's Universal Studio. <laughs> yeah. Just oh, Disney's. No. We don't really like that. Studio. <laughs> yeah. Or uh, Disney, you know, if that was if that was too close to the bone, Disney's Global Studios. Yeah. Disney's Worldwide Studio. Yeah, lots of lots of <laughs> Galaxy Galaxy Studios. Lots of things. Um, yeah, I mean, Cine, Cine uh, Magine Park would be the worst name by far. And I'm sure look, all of these companies are quite savvy, right? You know, this isn't like 10, 15 years ago when, you know, these big companies didn't pay attention to what people were saying on the internet. Um, you know, especially now with social media being so prevalent, you know, people are being very vocal about this stuff. I can't see they would keep on with this name knowing how much people have already started to take the piss out of it. <laughs> yeah. Didn't they, they? Haven't they already like changed the logo for Paradise Pier, Pixar Pier? Yes, because yeah. of uh, people yeah. already turning into uh, more phallic-looking logos. I didn't. I heard about this, but I didn't see it. Yes, it, it was. Very, so I don't know what people were talking about. It was very phallic, basically. It, it, and I mean, the thing is, if you if we talk about what it what how it was designed, you can already tell what it looked like, right? So Pixar. Pixar Pier, right? Mm-hmm. What's the first letter of both of those? P. 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 Yep. yep. So it was, it was turn two, one of them round. Two P's. Turn them upside down, and then turn them around. Uh. And it, right. it looks like something else that begins with P. Yeah. Because you basically so, have wait, your wait, two. Wait, were the upside down? Were the yep. upside down? Yep. On the what? Why? Yeah. Well, so so it could look like a penis. That, yeah, that's clearly the only reason why. <laughs> what? Look, let's let's just say, right? Can that... someone send me a picture of of what this? A penis? Like? I don't think that's. I, I think in this Harvey Weinstein day and age, it's not really appropriate <laughs> yeah. for anyone to we'll see. We'll post pictures. it on the Facebook page. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah post it on the Facebook page so I can see because people <laughs> keep talking about it, and I'm like, I have no. Like, and I was looking at these pictures of like the signage, and I was like, no idea what you're talking about. The worst thing as well is this. Obviously, come around a time that you know you had all the stuff about John Lasseter coming out. <laughs> And then, and then, John you... Masters come out. <laughs> might might smooth wow. things over the ad, I tell you. Um, but um, yeah, and then you had this this you know this logo for for Pixar here. Um, yeah, I, I I think whoever is in charge of naming stuff at Disney at the moment should really just be sacked. <laughs> They're not really having a good time at the moment. You know, not not good at all. Um, what was your other bit of news, Mister Mister Ripley? Uh, nothing particularly interesting. Only that um, a lot of people don't realise that, as well as Iger buying Marvel and Lucasfilm and all the others, they have also been purchasing lots of very small companies through the years. Um, for example, quite a few social media sort of companies and. ITs and computer company. I mean, for example, I mean, does anyone ever remember the YouTuber uh, Lisa Nova? No. No, she was like the, the one of the first stars of YouTube. Anyway, uh, they, she, they bought her back catalog for some unknown reason. But the, the thing I was going to tell you about was one of the companies that they did purchase has subsequently created its own cryptocurrency. Oh. Um, so Disney now owns a cryptocurrency called Dragon Chain. Oh my god. 
and you sounds like an episode of Nathan Barley. Yeah, so you can go on and buy dragon coins. I suppose they're called. I don't know. God. Wow. So, but you would. It sounds like a medieval game. Well, exactly, but you wouldn't want to because um, Bitcoin, which is like the the daddy of cryptocurrency, is absolutely sinking at the moment. So. I've still got yeah. some Disney dollars. How many Disney dollars do you get for a dragon coin? <laughs> What's the exchange rate? They don't make those anymore, do they? No, yeah. I they don't sell them. Well, yeah. I think I, I'm sure I'm sure there's somewhere at Disney Springs that still sells them. I think they said they were but, going to keep selling them until they they run out. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> oh, I went down the wrong hole. <laughs> said the said the actor said the actor to the bishop. No, I'm to paradise peeling in. Amanda, just think of the ratings. <laughs> if one of us croaks it during a podcast, we call that be great. Um, well, then, then it could be like time. Dallas. We come back again in the show I've seen. That's right. We've got five episodes. From <laughs> yeah. out of the toilet. <laughs> yeah, that would be more our style, I suppose. <laughs> Definitely more out of Craig's style. R.I.P. Um, cool. Okay. That's. I don't really know what to say. I don't really understand cryptocurrency very much. I don't think anyone does, which is why it's <laughs> it's doing what it's doing. Well, the the idea is essentially that companies or individuals can send each other money without having to pay exchange rates and interest rates and blah blah blah. And of yeah, course, they're not, not money. regulated. But it's not money, is it? Well, it can be converted into money. But th- how? It's not real I don't money, though. How it works? Well, for example, right? For example, right? Say say you work in America and your family are in I don't know the Philippines. You've got to send the money to uh, China, and then China's got to convert it and send it to the Philippines, and then you've got to pay a fee for this one and a fee for that one. But if you send someone a Bitcoin, you're not paying any interest or any... You're just sending the Bitcoin without any regulation, basically. Right. Right, I'm going to have to educate you a bit, Chris. I really hate to do this to you, because I've always held you in, in very high esteem. Mm. And uh, as a man of superior intelli- in, uh, intelligence to myself, uh, a word he struggles to say. Um, I mean, you're talking about Western Union. Um, they don't send it by horse anymore. Um, <laughs> there's this new thing called PayPal. Uh, you can do the same thing that way. But the, the, yeah, but you still got to pay an interest. You still got to pay. You know. Oh, it's minimal. We're not talking like millions of quid here, are we? We're talking well, very. The, the thing is, if you're a Russian gangster, I'll, I'll say no more, please. <laughs> and you want to send money back to the homeland? <laughs> what's the best way of getting around the British authorities? Mercury poisoning. Oh right, yeah. Sorry, yes, of course. Um, allegedly, just in case MI6 are listening. In. No, I'm pretty. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was yeah, mercury Ripley poisoning. Spill. R-I-G. <laughs> <laughs> but the question remains: Is why the hell does Disney want to own one? Yeah. I, I think they just want to get their fingers in all the pies, don't they? Um, I think so. It's, it's obviously because they've missed a cusp. I, I, I imagine it's because, you know, 12 years ago or so, someone come up with the idea of a streaming service and this was like, ah, that'll never take off. And now they're playing <laughs> catch-up. Um, yeah. Not catch-up, that's something else. Um, but, yeah, so maybe they just want to have their fingers in another pie. A PewDiePie. I love PewDiePie. Oh, bless you. Why? Huh? Why bless me? Ah, racist tosser. 
Not you, not you. Isn't that a character from Warner Brothers? Looney Tunes. What? <laughs> That's Tweety Pie. Oh, Tweety Pie, yeah. Oh, right, sorry. sorry. No, like, I don't agree with, with some of the stuff that he does, but I think, you know, look, I, I enjoy his look, videos. The man, the man has become a millionaire by recording himself play video games. And yeah. has earned himself a, like a, a guest spot in South Park. So, you know... Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he's he's fine. Only Swedish. Swedish is where Sweden's where oat milk comes from. So we come full circle. <laughs> yeah. The Tis After Dark podcast is sponsored by HHNUnofficial.com, the home of Halloween horror nights, news, and rumors all year round. Find us on the web at www.hhnunofficial.com. So stop the fog machines and clear the cobwebs. It's time for another episode of the podcast that's nearly the same as all the others. Hey there, my name is Wendy Prater. I've been an agent with Magical Journeys Travel, an authorized Disney vacation planner for five years now. I'm also a proud sponsor of the Dis After Dark podcast. These guys are great. Keep listening. Whether you have been guilted into taking your little princess to see Elsa or you're wanting to drink around the world showcase in a fabulous adult vacation, let me help you create the most magical experience by cutting out your stress. I make the plans, you make the memories. I'll find you the best deals and arrange your whole itinerary. My services are free, so why not? Mention this ad for $25 off your deposit. I also specialize in universal vacations, all major cruise lines, and all-inclusive vacations. Find me at WPMagicJourneys.com to get started. Um, Mr. P-Dubs. So, the next one again is it's another rumour, um, but it seems to be going great guns, is that um, Be Our Guest Restaurant is set to become a signature giant dining experience for dinner. What? Um, you can no... You can no longer book dinner um, for the whole of the month of July, uh, and the rumour is that's because they are reversing it to a two dining credit experience. This what happened with us earlier. We're so busy, so popular. They they made it a signature restaurant for the evening, didn't they? And it's the one table service, a one credit for lunch. So, will they change the food? Yeah, that's what. I, yeah, it was my question. They, they didn't, have to. They didn't yeah. in La Cellier. Yeah, but I think La Cellier. I mean, even now, like La Cellier is still one of the you know people kind of still go on about the food, but you know one of the best steaks on property. Yeah, isn't it? Um, yeah. Whilst I a mean, lot of people don't rate the food in Be Our Guest that much. Have no. any of you actually eaten in there? Yeah. In Be Our Guest. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta say it was it was one of the best meals we had in our last holiday. Was it what? breakfast, lunch, or dinner? It was dinner. Yeah, it was. I mean, I think we just picked the right thing. Can't remember what it was. It was like a beef. It was you know it's French themed, didn't it? Mm. It wasn't beef bourguignon. Like, well, maybe it was beef bourguignon, but beef it was really really good. Souffle. <laughs> but the, <laughs> the desserts were pretty in there. You had the I mean, grey stuff. The, the grey stuff wasn't delicious. 
Isn't it Butter Scotch Angel Delight? Me, don't ask the freaking dishes because they'll lie. Well, <laughs> well, that, and if you ask the dishes right now, they're made of paper. So, has anyone seen that? Be yep. our guest. They've, they've replaced the plates with paper. No. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, they have. I, I think it might. Is it? Was it just a breakfast or? Uh, I think it was lunch. Lunch. Yeah, yeah. On it, people were taking photos, take, you know, because you know people Instagram everything nowadays, and they were taking pictures of their food coming up and paper plates. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. We did have a good meal in there, I gotta say, but the whole experience was good because you got the photographs afterward. Beast, that was quite good fun. Um, I don't think it's just. I don't think it was, the food was good enough to be a signature restaurant. Though. I think you're right. I think if they truly make it a signature, they're gonna have to up the menu yeah. quite a bit. That's the problem. Sorry, Paul, go on. I was just going to say, and I think that's why they're closing for a whole month, to redo the menu. Because normally you'd just be able to switch it straight over. Mm. The problem is... If they is, were sticking is, with the same menu. Is, uh, below that restaurant is, is a kitchen that supplies food to various places in that area. And it's just a huge mass production line kitchen. It's nothing special. It's not like a, a, a California grill restaurant with a proper you know proper chef in there it's just loads of people cooking stuff well because yeah. a lot of a lot of restaurants i mean not just in at disney but a lot of places like that um you know all the food is kind of pre-cooked and he's like sous-vide or you know just not even sous-vide just boiled in water to reheat um and then serve to you um yeah but it's sorry Nick. no i was just like you know it, it seems to be quite a common thing but Amanda, it was interesting about you saying about, you know, like your, your kind of shock at, at uh, Mr. D's reaction to the food, because, you know, I've recently become pescatarian, a little bit like yourself. You, you eat, I probably eat a little bit more fish than you do. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, what I've noticed already, I mean, I went out the other night to a steak restaurant. I won't plug them, because they're, they're doing well. Um... And I knew it was a steak restaurant, and I knew it was vegetarian options, but the vegetarian options were quite poor. Um, mm-hmm. Because I eat fish, you know, there was, uh, like for the main course, I had um, a nice sea bass, right? Um, so that was fine. But the actual vegetarian or vegan options really weren't my cup of tea at all. And mm-hmm. that's, that's the thing, like, and I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that, because I'll just eat whatever I can kind of eat. But, you know... I imagine the options you had for be our guests were, you know, very limited in compared to what Mr. D would have uh, to eat. Honestly, the only thing that I could have on the menu was a kid's tomato soup and cheese toasty. There you go. That was the only thing that I could have. And I was so disappointed and I'd, I'd battled for so long. So it was when be our guests was still kind of new mm. and I'd, I'd called Disney every single day to try and get a reservation and I finally got one and I was so excited. And then I was like, oh, well, I still can just have tomato soup then. Yeah. And it was off the kids' menu. But that's, So if, not... if then I had to book signature dine and then pay more for that and then still I could only have the same kind of meal, I'm just not going to do it. No, I don't know. And that's sad because it's such a nice experience in there. And that's it. I think the other, you know, so yes it sounds like they could do improving the menu. The other thing as well is that it's an experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what Disney are, are kind of also hedging their bets on. You know, people want to go to be our guests because of the experience. So you're going to, they're always going to squeeze more money out of you, especially if they consider it an experience. Like, like 
I've eaten in Cinderella's Royal Castle. Right? Has everyone eaten there? Yeah. No. No. I I thought the food was fine. Like it it was it served its purpose, but for the money you paid, and I can't remember how much I paid now. I want to say it was probably about seventy dollars or something each. Can't remember. It was a while ago now. Um, but the food was certainly not that quality. Not when we'd eaten at the California Grill a few days before. Paid a little bit more, and that food was like world class. You know, but you was paying for the experience. You was paying to eat in the castle. You was paying to see the princesses. So that's how they kind of offset it, rightly or wrongly. Um, and at the moment, in the UK at least, you're seeing a lot of restaurants um, offer more vegan options, which in turn, you know, technically is vegetarian options. So there's a real there's a real kind of flurry of that in a moment and i wonder if that's something that's going to start winging its way into uh the american parks because you know when i went to universal last year um i was a meat eater then and i had no problem you know finding something to eat but i can't say that i saw lots of options that i would have not i would have been able to have had now no, I mean, I think I think recently Cinderella's Royal Table is like I think they've introduced like a a couscous or something like that. Ooh, but, couscous! I know, but before that, like every every year, I'm like, well, I really want to try it, but there's only so much that I'm willing to pay for just an experience and food that I'm not going to eat, and it's always like. A, a beef dish or like a stew of some sort, and I'm like, well, what? Like, some restaurants, don't get me wrong, will be like, oh, well, we can make, like, a veggie version of this. And I'm like, well, what? You're just going to make a vegetable stew? Like, you want me to pay, like, $80 for a vegetable friggin' stew? But to be honest, I mean, uh, what I had when we were there was, like, a pie. Now, I say it's like a pie because, as a Brit, this pisses me off. And this happens in our, you know, at home as well, as abroad. But does anyone else get really annoyed when you order a pie... And you basically get a bowl with a bit of pastry on the top of it. Because <laughs> that isn't a pie. That is a stew with a pastry lid. That's not the same thing. <laughs> so, and I remember it because I was like, what? You know, you, I expected a pie and I got, you know, pie filling in a, in a dish. Um, <laughs> and I said, like, it, it was fine. It was palatable. But you definitely felt ripped off in the, the, the quality of food compared to... Um, you know what it actually costs you to, to to go there so yeah i think they just you know it's, it's based on the fact that you're paying for the experience that's it that that is it like i would much rather spend you know even like half half the money that i'd spend going to cinderella's royal table to go to skipper canteen and even though there's not a a massive experience in there i think it's a cool restaurant and i think the food's gorgeous in there yeah and place like Yak and Yeti. Yak and Yeti is my favourite place to eat on Disney property. Yeah, I like Yak and Yeti. It's good. The, the, the main... Sorry, go on, Paul. I was just going to say, it is, it is interesting, though, that Disney have got a signature restaurant in every other park. And, okay, you've got Cinderella's Royal Table, which is which is really expensive, so it's kind of pseudo-signature, but it's not really a proper signature, I don't think. So the Magic Kingdom is the only park that doesn't have a proper signature restaurant, really. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think um, 
as I say, I like the whole experience. I like the attention to detail that they've done. But I think the main thing that lets that place down, other than the food, is the noise. Because if you've ever been in there for dinner, when it's absolutely flat-out service and there's people coming in as quickly as they're going out and more people coming in, it's just so noisy. It's so loud. Yeah, and I feel like when... Whenever I've been to be our guest, I want to walk around and look at the place, but then I feel awkward mm. because it's so jam-packed with tables and every single table's full and I feel like I'm intruding on the families by just going to look in the West Wing. Well, we, we went for breakfast there when it first opened, uh, like, I don't know, about six months after it opened, and there was definitely fewer tables in there then. And then when we went back, we went there for dinner and we just had dessert. And um, they had crammed so many more tables in. And it must have been, I don't know, about a year's gap between the two or two years gap. And just the sheer number of people and those hugely uh, high ceilings with all that reverberation of sound going on. It's, mm. it, I mean, the signature dining for me is, is also, you know, like if I look at the ones I like, like California Grill or Gico and things like that, they're all pretty, you know, what's the word, you know, intimate yeah you can talk you can hear each other but with yeah. that i was finding i was literally having to scream at each other to, to mm. try and talk hey it may be the kind of thing that they make it signature dining for a while and then as the popularity goes down they revert it back well i think they would they're... have to reduce the number of tables if they yeah. do signature dining yeah because uh, it... we were pretty close to the table next to us yeah may be hard to maintain it because, I mean, they did it with La Cellier, but La Cellier is a small restaurant yeah. and the food's good and it had been consistently hard to get a reservation for for years, mm. and, you know. So they weren't really taking a chance there, but they could be taking a chance with Be Our Guest. It is such a big restaurant. It was designed for the masses and to make a signature. might work for a while, but in the future... You know, three years time, five years time, is, is, are they still going to be able to pack them in and then justify the signature experience? You know, or know. if they're trying to look for ways of making more money, forget dining. After Say after, I don't know, what's the latest people eat these days? Eight, nine o'clock? Say after nine, they then have a, a after-hours event in that space where you can dance and sing and they got live music and it's a big enough venue they could have something like that an extra hard ticketed event that um, takes place in that venue oh it could be like the end of the live action film yeah what people killing each other with steak <laughs> <laughs> no, no the, the end end oh the end end the nice dance <laughs> Mr Ripley did you just say an yeah. after hours ticketed event yes I'm oh. kind of an expert in these things. Oh, well, in that case, uh, I'm going to go and ask P-Dubs, do you happen to have anything that ticks those boxes? <laughs> I I may well do. Let me just find it. <laughs> oh, oh! if anyone if anyone thought that FebFeb meant that there was going to be no decent segues, you were sorely, <laughs> sorely mistaken. I have got it. It's uh, It wasn't far away. <laughs> so, uh, Disneyland Paris announced their new details regarding their annual passes for the year. Obviously, last year, they changed all the levels and, and everything. Um, and it was a, a year 
um, or coming up a year. It'll be a year next month since I did that. And in the last, what, five days, I think it was, was it last Friday? I think um, they announced their rises in prices. Um, only for the three lower levels. The the highest level is staying the same price at uh, 399 euros. But they've also now added some new benefits um, for Infinity Pass holders, I think for, for all pass holders, um, including new VIP areas. Uh, I know they introduced them for the new parade and new show last year. They're also adding one now for the Marvel show that they'll be putting on during the summer uh, in the in the studios, right at the the foot of uh, the Hollywood Tower Hotel. Uh, and that takes us on to the alluded after-hours party that Disney are so well known for. They will be holding a Tower of Terror evening. Um, tenth, tenth anniversary. That, that's what yes. it's. That's what it's for. It's for the tenth anniversary of the Tower of Terror. Now, what I think is interesting. So you you mentioned there about the fact that they've kind of rejigged the passes a little bit and some additional benefits. Now we're talking about Disney making money here. This I think's genius. Yeah. Because so go on. So for thirty nine euros, um, you will be able to attend the park after hours once it's closed for a very special event inside the hotel itself uh, where you will be able to meet characters from the ride which I believe is the first time they've ever done that they've not even done that with the the events they've held in the States not only that they will be riding the ride with you Um, so that's one big selling point that you're going to have characters in the ride with you whether that means characters from the ride that you see in the story or whether it's Disney characters like Goofy dressing up as a bellhop I'm not sure um, not only that they are encouraging people to come dressed in 1930s clothing yes um, it is exclusive for Infinity annual pass holders um, and as, as Nick said it is for the 10th anniversary since the ride opened um, this will be held on the 30th of March this year so a couple of months which is a bit more than they normally give you for these these events. Um, I'm sure uh, I read somewhere as well, and I, I may have misread it, possibly, but are they not doing a special projection show on there as well? I would imagine so. They, it's, it's all set up. It's it's not like they haven't been using it. So well, they use, when it first opens, when they first opened the Tower of Terror, I know this because I was researching, um, they actually did projection on that then for the night that it opened or, you know, like when it uh, had its kind of like official opening because it, it soft opened, I think, at the Christmas before and then officially opened in March. But um, what I think's genius is the fact that you have to buy, you have to be an Infinity Pass holder to, to go to this event. And then rather than say, for being an Infinity Pass holder, have a free ticket, You've got an Infinity Pass. You can come along for forty dollars uh, for forty euros, thirty nine euros. So they're charging you on top to go to this event. I think it's genius. So just having a look at another another thing that's actually come out today about it. You get an exclusive lanyard and an exclusive pin 
as part of it as well. And it does say on this bit that there is a nighttime spectacular, so you're right there, Nick. Yeah, I reckon it'll be... If they don't do the projection show they did when it first opened, it'll be something very similar to it, I imagine. But, um, yeah, I I think it's genius. Genius way for them to make more money. Um, And And just before they start to close that. Well, (laughs) allegedly. Um, But, I mean, Amanda, I know you're a massive fan of the Tower of Terror. Yeah, like, I would be all about this. Well, you can be if you buy an Infinity Pass and buy a ticket to the the night. Mm, €440 just to go for the night? Um, I'll pass. I'll pass this time. But if if something like this was to come to Orlando, and they were going to do a special night in Orlando, and I was in Orlando... I'd so I'd I'd paid probably double. Mm. So it's like what thirty nine euros like extra on top of your infinity pass. Yeah. So if I had bought like a two week pass to Disney and they said I'd, I had to pay maybe like sixty dollars to go for this extra night, I'd defo do that. But I mean, this this to me seems like it's more aimed at trying to. Well, I don't know if they need to shift more infinity passes, but it it definitely is starting to show why it's worth paying the extra money to get one if you're going to have these exclusive events that are only going to be open to to these people. I mean, you have to wonder. I mean, I've got no you know, obviously, they don't, they don't release those kind of figures. I've got no idea how many people have Infinity Passes and how many of those people will pay on top. So, I mean, this could be an event where you might get 100 people. Yeah. Maybe less. Or you could find you get 500 people but you'd have to think it'd be quite a small event because you're right Paul although you know they've given you just over two months notice when they first announced it um, you know it's still not really a long time for people to just go unless you're within driving distance or you know you can get a a cheap flight or, or train a lot of people won't be able to just go Uh, and we we both said if if we were annual pass holders, I know we talked about it. Mm. We've talked about it a couple of times that we'd probably want to go. Oh God, uh, yeah, I'd want to go, and I don't even love the so, um, the Tower of Terror as much as you know some people do. But you know, I I think it does deserve its place in in history, and I think you know if 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 this is successful, then it will lead. You know, it it, it suggested that this was going to be the first of you know many events. So it'll be interesting yep. to see if we get three or four of these a year. Yep. I would imagine we'll get something around the summer of heroes. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Before makes sense. you know it, there'll be a run Disney race every month at Paris. <laughs> you know what's going to happen now the the big company owns them. Too shy. Yeah, don't be surprised if we don't see a second one. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure it would have been really good to have uh, had a run Disney event at Disneyland Paris this week, actually, with all the snow. Oh, God, yeah. Adding oh. an additional uh, element to it. Um, before I go back to you, P. I don't know if you've got anything else, but um, I don't think we've talked about the fact that um, Coco has now been out in the UK for a few weeks. Uh, who, who here has seen Coco? Not yet. Yeah. No, so, I'd say 
Okay, so uh, was that three people I heard? I want to go and see it tomorrow, though. Well, we'll do. Go. Yeah, I do. All right, we'll tell you right now what arms. No, like I've literally been trying to avoid, like, like I know bits and bobs, but I've been trying to avoid, like, the entire story for the longest time. Well, you know, and I haven't had a day off since it came out, so I'm like, I want to go see it tomorrow. If you um, if you've just seen the trailers, um, and that's it, then you'll probably go in quite blind because, unlike Mm -hmm. a lot of things, I, I went into Coco. I'd seen a couple of trailers, but. I didn't really know what the story was. So, um, yeah, you, you might be all right, actually. But um, what did we? What did you all think of it? Enjoyed it. Yeah? yeah good, good, solid story. Uh, good, good happy ending, I suppose. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Disney cartoon. Um, Mr. D, I know you saw it as well. What did you think? Yeah, we loved it. We thought it was really good one of the best things I've seen in ages definitely best Pixar film well I loved Inside Out um, but one of the best Pixar films in the last I don't know 10 years Pixar if you want to quote for your poster you can have the best Pixar film since the last dinosaur I kid no one liked the good dinosaur Um, Mr Ripley did you say (laughs) did you say I've I've seen bits of that film that's it Mr Ripley did you say you'd seen Coco I have not seen it now. Okay, okay. Um, I heard that JJ Abrams once saw it, so I thought oh, I'm keeping it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's he's in it. He's one of the main characters. Sorry, Amanda. Um, yeah, I took I took my daughter to go and see it. Um, who is uh, is four and a half? Um, I I really enjoyed it. I thought it was very very good. Um, again, like I just said to Amanda, there I, I didn't really know much about the story going in. I knew. It was about um, the Day of the Dead, um, and not not the Night of the Living Dead. That's something completely different. Um, and it's it's a custom that I know a little bit about, but not too much. So I thought it was quite nice because I think you get a bit more of an understanding of that um, tradition. So that was good. Um, thought it was a beautiful looking film. Um, thought the voice cast were good. Um, not not really many famous people in for you know English audiences but um I thought everyone was was very good in it um yeah I thought story was really good um I don't think my my daughter said she enjoyed it but I think she enjoyed it because of the dog that was in it I think the story was a bit too much for her to kind of get her head around a bit like Inside Out really you know she likes Inside Out but she doesn't really grasp what the film is really about um so um yeah not not one for kind of your, your little kids not because it's not scary i just think that the story's a bit too i don't want to say adult but you know it, it, it's it, it will resonate more the older that you are i think um but yeah no i, th- I, I thought it was really good um so I've yeah i've seen the i've seen the bit where the he shoots the bloke and then the building collapses and then they fight on that helicopter i've seen that bit yeah, that's quite near the beginning, so you haven't really spoiled anything there. Right, okay. Yeah. The bit, I like the bit, I like the bit. And Solo making an appearance was a bit of a shocker. Yeah, well, he didn't to me because he's dead. So, yeah, kind of tied in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, um, if you're going to see him, you're going to see him there. I like that bit when, um, even though he's only got one uh, real leg and the other leg's artificial, that he ran across that massive crane 
and jumped into the skyscraper. Mm-hmm. I thought that was really impressive. Yeah. Like, you know, I didn't expect the bloke from the last leg to do that, but there you go. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, it, was, it was definitely a, a movie of parts because, I mean, you had Paul's frozen head made an appearance <laughs> as well. He did. Didn't he expect did. that. No. I mean, you don't expect to see head in a movie like that. You, know, just, <laughs> you sure don't expect to see what in a movie? Head. Okay. It's, yeah, you said like it. That. It's just not what you expect. <laughs> Um, so yeah, you'll enjoy it, Amanda. It's yeah, good. especially if you like I those things. I can't wait to see it. Oh, it's good. It's good. <laughs> don't complain when you don't see a, prosthet- a prosthetic leg, which is easy for me to say. <laughs> um, yes. Um, P. P. Does was there anything else you wanted to uh, to mention? Yeah, I still got a few more. I'm afraid. <laughs> Um, <laughs> it's never going to end. Pe- I need pe- another coffee. People, people just start dropping off, and we'll just pretend that they're still there. Um, so, as one project in the Magic Kingdom begins its construction, another one seems to have ended without a finished product. So, oh yeah, this week it's believed that the Tron coaster, its construction will begin. Um not due to open for another two and a half years but the construction is beginning um, I, I'm guessing it's just flattening the land at the moment I can't imagine there's going to be much else going on when there's still two and a half years to go um, well that begins the new theatre on the back of Main Street seems to have come to a sticky end and doesn't look like it's going ahead So they well, started. They've started work on it, um, but it seems like that work has now ended and will not be continuing. Where did this rumor spring from? Uh, it's. I think it's from what can be seen, because it's fairly easy to see where it is. Yeah, and all the construction walls have been taken down. Right. Um, so it seems like there's nothing there to be seen. And that's where it's come from. I can imagine that building in that location, in that park, would would be the most massive ball lake ever. Of logistically where that is fitted into that park and how you get to it. Mm-hmm. Because it would cost so much for them just to build that in that area out of hours, which isn't a lot these days, that it would probably cost ten times more than if it was just, you know, in a usual building plot somewhere. And are they really going to benefit from it? Yeah, and it really does seem like they want to concentrate on the IP stuff that they're building, like Tron, like Ratatouille and Epcot, like Guardians, and we'll we'll talk about Guardians at Epcot in a minute. Um, but that seems like that's what they're concentrating on. They want to get those those known names in the park at a quicker rate. So what um what was it going to actually do this theatre then? It was it was going to be some Broadway style show, I think. Um, they weren't saying what, but I don't know. There was never any confirmation as to what they were doing. Hmm. Hmm. Interesting. 
We shall see. Yeah, because it. Um, I can't see going to all that cost, all that expense, all that hassle would actually benefit that park because it's just so busy anyway. That the money could be spent probably a lot wiser, really. Or definitely plus in the other parks, maybe. Yeah, and the, there's other areas that they they could use. Like, obviously, there's there's room in, we're going to see Wreck-It Ralph in Tomorrowland. And, and I think they, they, there just is a bigger concentration on, on their IPs than, than trying to build something and attract people to something new. Yeah. Yeah. Do you think we've officially seen the end of original ideas? I kind of feel that way, and that makes me feel so incredibly sad. With the new restaurant at Epcot they're building, that's not going to be tied to an IP, is it? No. That probably will feature. <laughs> a Millennium Falcon going past or a Wally oh, yeah I was going to say Wally whizzing past through the stars yeah. <laughs> I, just, I just like everything everything that they announce is just based on, on, on an IP and I, I, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to think back at what the last non-IP attraction was and I'm kind of struggling what, Mission Space maybe Mm. Possibly, very possible. Yeah. You know, oh, it's a long time, but you know, when you think about, God, we're going to end this episode on a downer. But when you think about, you know, Small World, Pirates of the Caribbean, Haunted Mansion, Big Thunder Mountain, all these original ideas and concepts that they come up with and built rides around, and now everything has to be right. That film was popular. Let's make an attraction about it. Yeah, but that's when the company was run by someone that actually had some imagination. Yeah, uh, and that's the thing. They've lost a lot of those Imagineers. Mm. It's, a, it's a new breed of Imagineer. You've, you've lost the likes of Tony Baxter, who who no longer officially works for the company. Uh, and and the, the ilk of, of those guys have, have kind of moved on, and it's it's this new, new breed. And they've obviously been brought up in an era of IPs, and I think that's where it's heading. To be fair, though, merchandise is so huge, you know. I mean, you know, you're, you're guaranteed if it's a popular movie or franchise. Not. Did you see uh, British Pathé, the, the the old newsreel company? They were invited to the opening day at Disneyland, and they didn't get there for some reason. They turned up two or three weeks late. Well, because back then you'd have probably been travelling on oh, camel yeah. or something. Probably, yeah. probably. Anyway, when they did get there, months late or whenever it was, they filmed the park and it was just an ordinary day with people there going about doing all the attractions. But what struck me most by watching that little film, you can Google it, it's, it's on YouTube, uh, was how many different types of transportation there were, from <clears throat> gondolas to people movers to trains to boats to submarines. You know, there's just so many different things constantly moving and just being very very dynamic that kind of that that sort of kinetic energy of movement and transport that seems to have been really lost recently yeah. you, you um, just have to look at the fact that they refused to repair the monorail 
Yeah. Well, it put North Haverbrook on the map, so you'd have thought that there'd have been interest <laughs> in doing something about it. Um, but I mean, you're right. I mean, or, I mean, we are seeing the sky Skyway. Is it? They're calling yeah, it the, yeah, new, the new gondola thing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're you're right. Um, but then again, you know, since since that time when he had all these different modes of transport, now people have uh, those little four by four buggy things that are supposed <laughs> to be motorized wheelchairs, but you know, go about sixty miles an hour. So you know, don't forget driverless cars will be at Disney World soon. True, true. It's coming. Mm. Is that what is that what I closed closed Skynet down at Universal because they're moving it over to Disney? The robots, real bullets in their guns. Isn't that test track? Well, that's that's where the the original concept started, and now they've uh, they've been able to uh, make it happen for real. Possibly. And yet, Autopia still still runs on petrol. So, there you go. <laughs> on the fumes. Well, yeah, well, that's what that's what people are running on that are, are standing around there. How long do you reckon people are allowed to work at Autopia? <laughs> Five oh. minutes. Yeah, or Tomorrowland Speedway, or whatever. Until, until the tests come back positive. I <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm afraid you've got the black lung. Um, <laughs> little Zoolander reference for you. Um, Peter, is there anything else? Yeah, as I mentioned with that last last bit, concentrating on IPs and and the Guardians, they they've announced mm. the the Incredible Summer. Um, so that includes obviously the Incredibles with with the second one coming out. There's going to be a new dance party in Tomorrowland. Yes, in its usual, in its usual position, um, where you can meet Edna Mode for the first time. Oh. I'm so excited. Um. Cool. Can you imagine uh, you meeting Edna Mode? She'd be like the same person. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. <laughs> she not know what she's got coming. <laughs> Just don't wear a cape. Also, also no as part of that, the the announcement that was made with the the flights of Wonder closing at Animal Kingdom to be replaced by an up show. Um, mm-hmm. It's another bird show, just with a couple of up characters by the sound of it. Makes no sense um, to me, that. <laughs> no, alongside a new celebration starring Donald and some dinosaurs, by all accounts. Um, Hang on, is that sure just because, that... like, they share the same letter? Yeah, like, <laughs> dino... yeah I, I, I don't really see the connection. Do- yeah. No, Donald, dino... dinosaurs, and diplodocuses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> fantastic celebration for Donald Duck. Wow. Oh God. Whatever that uh, that's going to entail, and as I mentioned at the top, the Guardians of the Galaxy will be moving into Epcot um, and bringing along what I'm guessing will be a new version of of the dance party from from California Adventure um, with an alien band. I can't wait for this. It's going to be at the American Theater, isn't it? Yes. Yeah. Is that the right location? Well, where else could they put it in Epcot right now? The Future Pavilion. Build a temporary stage behind the the golf ball. There's loads of room there. Mm, Does he have like, effects like, with the American Pavilion? Like that part of the park. Like if they were going to do it like behind Spaceship Earth, like 
Do you mean like right in front of the fountain where they do like the the other temporary things? Yeah, yeah. I feel like that area just could get so congested if that was the case. Where if it's in the America Pavilion, it's its own like they've got a seat in there and it's like out of the way a bit. So I feel like maybe it was the better choice for right now. And then maybe when when they've opened the ride up, they can continue it and make a a dedicated space for it. But I'm really excited about this. Do you think that they'll have had enough time to have hired an actor that can actually play Star Lord this time? I freaking hope so. <laughs> I have not. I have not watched. I, I normally do watch your videos, Amanda. Um, I haven't seen your Guardians one. But that's mainly because I've seen so many videos of the Guardians thing and just rolled my eyes at the bloke. Honestly, so I ran lame. all the way there. I was so excited. Like, I've actually never been so excited to meet a character before in my life. And then when I walked in, I was like, oh. <laughs> not like, not like, not being horrible to the guy that was that was playing him, but he just wasn't wasn't Chris Pratt. So you know what? I actually think, uh, like the. Walt Disney World version of Star Lord would have been a better Han Solo than that bloke <laughs> in a Han Solo film. <laughs> Actually, just looking around my room, I've got a I've got a, a plant here uh, in a plant pot, and I actually think that plant would do a better job of I being Han Solo. Do a better job. <sighs> I, I I I think Mr. D would be do a better job at playing yeah, a Han Solo. <laughs> I yeah, feel like whenever you see like the princesses or you see like Gaston or like Prince Naveen, like they always get character they always get people to play the characters who bear some kind of resemblance to the character. And I felt like Star Lord was like It's huh? it's almost like they were just walking around backstage with a coat and went, Dave, you're busy at the moment. No, yeah. not really. Oh, does this jacket fit you? Oh, yeah, it kind of does. Okay, we'll just put a wig on you and send you out. That's what yeah, it seems like. Yeah, but yeah. the thing is, though, is actually, right, is none of the cast members want this gig. Because do you remember what happened to the guy that used to be really good as Captain Jack Sparrow? No. Fell off the boxes and died. Then there was the guy who was what? really good whoa, as whoa, Hang on a second. Rebind, yeah. yeah. what? The guy who was really, I mean, excellent at being Captain Jack Sparrow, he got mullered. Yeah, but how? I don't understand. He fell off what boxes? Them big boxes by the side of the the Pirates of the Caribbean ride where we used to do that show thing. I mean, that's that's not really high. Well, he managed to croak. What? Yeah, it landed on his head. Mm-hmm. I've never heard this before. Uh, this is yeah. new Gaston, news. The Gaston guy, who was absolutely brilliant as Gaston, he oh, then he was, Muller, yeah, he? he was fantastic. Like that, that was super sad. I didn't know about that one, but I definitely so didn't know about the Jack Sparrow one. I don't think anybody wants the roles anymore. I heard Gaston died by doing too many push-ups. Maybe that was too soon. Um, I, I already didn't know that about Jack Sparrow. I really thought he was taking a piss. I oh my god, it's horrific. Um. <laughs> 99% sure on that one. The thing is, though, I, the guy they've got in California, who does Star-Lord, is good. No one's going to be Chris Pratt, right? And if you see, like, uh, the, the the character meet and greets with, like, um, Captain America and, and Thor, they're not, they're not, 
the actors, right? But they do a good job. The thing is, though, with Chris Pratt, and as much as I like, I don't know, I go on all the time about how much I really, really love him, but he's just an average-looking guy. Oh, God, people tell me I look like Chris Pratt all the time. I'm obviously, like, obviously Parks and Recreation Chris Pratt, not um, sexy Chris <laughs> Pratt, but, you know. But, like, do you know what I mean, though? Like, he's he's not like... Like, if you needed a Captain Jack Sparrow, like, you'd need to have a little bit of a look of Johnny Depp, and he is, like, kind of a unique-looking person. But Chris Pratt isn't. Well, but... Well, no, you're right. But the thing is, like, with the Jack Sparrow thing, I've seen lots of really good Jack Sparrow impersonators because there's only so much makeup and hair involved, you can pretty much get away with it. But mm. Chris Pratt, I think, is a, a, a bit harder. But as I said, the guy I've got in California is really good. Um, well, like, what about the guy that plays Tarzan? Like, I've personally never seen him in real life, but the pictures that you see of him, like, he's a fantastic Tarzan. Yeah, but the thing is, though, the guy that played Gaston, right, forget what happened to him later on, but the guy that actually played Gaston was so good at being Gaston that people would go up to the guy that was playing Gaston on the Tuesday and say, hey, where's the other guy that plays Gaston? <laughs> yeah. And he got, he, he got in trouble over that, and all he was doing was doing his job really well. Yeah. So well, I, I, I have seen a couple of good Gastons, though. Like, there, there has been a couple of good ones. But, you know, is it... Are they told, don't go over the top, don't don't make your face all over Facebook or something? I mean, I you know... It's not even that he's over the top, right, Chris? Watch my video. Okay. Like, just, just watch it, and then you'll be like, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm going to do the world's shortest... Uh, soap dishes soap but so short I'm not even going to put the jingle into post-production here um, <laughs> but I'm going to tell you what pisses me off at the moment when it comes to character meet and greets right these dicks that go up there with a Rubik's Cube what? <laughs> what? it's just one dick isn't it? I, no oh, you know what no I think it, I think it's multiple but it's one that's quite insistent at the moment so what you do right you need you must have seen these people on stuff like Ellen or on YouTube or whatever, where they do tricks with a Rubik's Cube, so they'll, they'll like, get get it kind of rejigged and they're able to solve it in seconds because they're a geek. Um, actually, that, I take that back. That's a terrible thing to say. Geeks are, are much better than Rubik's Cube guys. But um, they'll just go to the characters and then film themselves, have an interaction with them, like doing a Rubik's Cube or something, or doing a magic trick. It's not just Rubik's Cube, magic tricks as well, right? Tinkerbell doesn't give a fuck about your Rubik's Cube. <laughs> Have your picture taken, fuck off, right? <laughs> you know, Cinderella doesn't give a shit that you can make a card appear from behind her ear. Have your picture taken, fuck off. That's it. <laughs> if you want to do YouTube magic or whatever, that's fine. I like magic, but there's a time and a place for it. And where the time and place is, is not when people are queuing in 40 degree heat with screaming kids trying to make Disney characters. Have your picture fuck I've off. I've honestly never heard of this before right now. Oh, I will flood, flood your Facebook wall with Rubik's Cube tossers. Oh, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> be the official yeah. Known. Guys, who knew there was such a thing? <laughs> <laughs> it just really bugged me. It's really bugged me, really bugged me recently. 
I just thought if you buy a Rubik's Cube, de facto makes you a tosser. <laughs> <laughs> if you bought a Rubik's Cube after 1990, that probably does sum you up. Or the other one that I've seen as well is when people do, you know, Dub Smash? You had a Dub Smash? Where oh, yeah. you can, you, you, I don't know how it works, but you record audio. So there was a couple of guys going around and they were like going up to like Rapunzel and they'd be doing, um, they'd re they'd, they'd, um, mouth like samples from the film. So like about, you know, oh, here comes a smolder and stuff like that. And they would just mouth it whilst filming, like doing a selfie with Rapunzel and putting the audio in afters. You're just like, oh, God. Why? <laughs> I haven't seen that for a while, though. Like I, I saw that a few years ago, but I haven't seen that for a while. I've seen it recently, but Rubik's Cube tossers do seem to be the thing <laughs> at the moment. Have you seen the I YouTube video? The and that's the title of the episode. <laughs> Rubik's Cube tossers. <laughs> Have you seen the, uh, the, the colourblind Rubik's Cube guy on YouTube? No. That's classic. He only takes about eight seconds, but in the end... It's all mixed up. It's nothing. It's colourblind. <laughs> Why do you guys just spend your time watching Rubik's Cube videos? Is my question. Because it's on your Facebook wall. It's not like if you're if you're liking a Disney like Facebook page, they're just they're just on your wall or I on their watch wall. About one percent of videos that I see on Facebook because they either have like that. There is one with the rude sounds on it, secretly, where you open it and it's something else, and then it starts some woman. And then I'm like, oh my god. Um, or it's just crap. So I, I watch like 1% of the videos that I see on YouTube. It's smart. Yeah. The best thing I ever saw with characters was, was in the Magic Kingdom, and they had uh, Jesse from Toy Story there, and this man was making, this grown man was making his wife both in their 50s queue up to meet jesse and he was going look look watch this watch this watch this right watch this right right english bloke and he gets up to the character and he and he goes and he's coming and he's coming and he's coming right the wife slaps on the arm and goes see you are full of shit and walks off. <laughs> oh it's beautiful you can send me that one that's what I mean. Like the thing is, like, so do not get me wrong. If you're if you're somebody that like likes to, that's not against anyone that wants to queue up and meet characters. I love meeting queuing up and meeting characters. It's just people that use it as a way to try and make themselves social media famous. Mm-hmm. That's that's where it's a problem. And that thing there about the the Andy's coming thing, right? That's clearly something that you know they've read the rumor or that they used to fall on the floor if they said Annie's coming and that's then become a funny video because of the reaction to it mm. that doesn't sound something that's false to me do you know what I mean but yeah these people that try and do magic tricks just, just fuck off <laughs> there was one I saw a video with um, a Tiana where someone's doing magic tricks with Tiana and like like the, like the first trick she was like oh yeah but you could see like the more it was going on she was just like oh yeah, like there's like, a hundred other people there. Is this just... why the queues are so long? To probably, them? probably. Yeah. I'm not happy about or that. the other one, the other guy that gets me is that one that um you know the 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 voice of a hundred Disney characters. Yeah. When actually oh, yeah. he's the voice of about three Disney characters, and the other ones you wouldn't know who he was 
unless the little picture of the character came up. Because he's not very good. <laughs> but the, the ones yeah, he does well, the ones he does well are good. But he does like he thinks he can do all of them, and he, he really can't. And like he'll go up to the characters and he'll start doing their voices to them, and you're just like, oh, it's just cringe. It's cringe. You, you realise, Nick, that you could single-handedly bring back Rubik's cubes. They'll start, they'll start selling them in the park. Hey, hey, I tell you what, that's it. Let's, we'll get Disney we'll themed Rubik's Cube. Dad, these after dark themed Rubik's Cubes. We're all, all our always after new merchandise. Speaking of which, actually, before. <laughs> Rubik's Cube tossers. Yeah! <laughs> if you want to be a Rubik's Cube tosser. <laughs> if you're a bus wanker and you want to be a Rubik's Cube tosser. <laughs> We're not selling buses. Not yet. Not yet. Yeah. But actually, we have now launched our Disaster Dark merchandise shop. There aren't any Rubik's Cubes on there uh, at the moment, but um, there there are various uh, T-shirts that you can buy um, and and other things. And a huge thank you to uh, Luke, who has been helping us with that hugely. Uh, he's also made some uh, original designs based on stuff that I was working on it for a long time, and I'm I'm not good at this kind of stuff, so it wasn't really going anywhere. Um, but Luke has come in and, and has really uh, done some business. Um, I'm going to buy a hat, for example, because I love hats, and what's better than to have a hat with a podcast on? Not I do, because uh, I may not be a Rubik's cube tosser. But I'm obviously very egotistical. So um, if you want to support the podcast, um, or you'd even better would just like to represent us in your parks uh, when you're on holidays, then uh, you can go to our Spreadshirt shop, which is uh, shop.spreadshirt.co.uk forward slash After Dark Network. And there is Universal After Dark, Diz After Dark, and Pop After Dark merchandise for your perusing pleasure. Hoodies, T-shirts, hats... Bags. They're coming. We haven't got those yet. Anatomically correct, Craig Lucas. (laughs) God, hope not. There's there's one of me. I've got the same size package as Ken. Um, But yes, so if you do, I know people have for a long time uh, asked about t-shirts. That's actually true. People have actually asked for t-shirts. So they are now available. So please, if you're interested, go there. And if you follow us on Twitter and Facebook... Um, there are occasional promotions that Spreadshirt do so like at the moment I think it's free shipping so there's a code for that so uh, have a look on our Twitter feed if you want to do that save you some money um, and they do regular promotions so um, yeah keep your eyes open for those and um, yeah if you'd like to spread some love thank you for doing so is, is that it P-dubs or there was one last one. Oh, look uh, this is, I promise. Fucking Columbia ivory. Just one more question. Go on. <laughs> and we're heading to Asia. Um, to Not the band. To Tokyo. Okay. <laughs> with the rumoured third park hmm. that they are looking to build in the, the current parking lot, apparently. Um, which seems to be the, the going trend. If you're going to build a new park, it goes in the parking lot. Um, and the rumoured name of Tokyo Disney Sky to go alongside with uh, their sea park, um, a space and air themed 
theme park, apparently, um, which will include rumoured um, Avatar. Oh, well, no, apparently Ava- Avatar and uh, Star Wars Land will be the entire park. Wow. Okay. Uh, it's not a particularly big area. Um, no, it's a car it's, park. Yeah, it's not even probably half of Disney Sea currently. Well, but nobody um, ever thinks about the doggers, do they? <laughs> <laughs> wow. <laughs> They have rights too. Scrap, scrap Rubik's Cube. We've got a new show title. Um, yeah. The thing is, like, I think Tokyo Disney Sky is a terrible name for a park if they didn't have Tokyo Disney Sea. Hang on a second, Nick. Just to stop for a minute. Did anybody else think that that Chris saw the point of view of the doggers a little bit too quickly? Then? <laughs> <laughs> well, mm-hmm. A friend. I'm just. I'm just not ready to move on from that yet. A, a friend of Paul Ross <laughs> is a friend of ours. I don't, um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Paul Ross did either. Um, yeah, it, it, yeah. I mean, I said like I think the name works because of the context, and that's the difference between a crappy name for the studios compared to that. I don't think it's a particularly good name, but in the context of them having Disney Sea, it makes sense that they'd have Disney Sky. Disneyland, Disney Sea, Disney Sky. Mm. Yeah. That's that's genius actually. Mm-hmm. But in Disney Star Wars Park. <laughs> or or Disney's Car Park Adventure. That's what I could have <laughs> that's what I could have called it, couldn't I? In fact, you know what? That's, that's what California Adventure was. <laughs> well, that you know what? That's what they should that's what they should if Disney listen to this and they were a little bit savvy that is what they should rename the Magic Kingdom parking lot Disney's parking lot adventures well the NCP just off the M26 is usually called that isn't it <laughs> or any of the ones in Bison way too much like our first. do you not think though for our American listeners we should explain what a wanker a tosser and a dogger actually is only if you want to lose them well, a, a wanker, a, a, a good way of describing what a wanker is, God, the, we've earned the explicit content title on this episode, don't we? So, uh, in America, uh, wanker is probably most famous for being Peggy Bundy's maiden name in Married with Children. What? Yeah. You're kidding. Absolutely not. When they used to show it, um, like, well, even when they used to show it late at night, but when they used to show it um, family-friendly viewing hours, like, you know, just after 6 o'clock or whatever, um, episodes with her family, they used to have to bleep it out or silence yeah. it out um, because that that was it. Because in America, it's it's a surname. I remember Mr. Burns in The Simpsons saying wanker once. Yes. Yeah. To, uh, to Bono. Never, it. never has it been said more appropriately until tonight when we're talking about Rubik's cubes. Uh, <laughs> obviously, um, so that is, so so um, a wanker is essentially a, a tosser to our American <laughs> listeners. And Do they know uh, what a tosser is? Well, no, I was going to get onto that. So, uh, to American listen- listeners, uh, a tosser is uh, another word for what we would call a wanker. Um, <laughs> I think that covers the bases, doesn't it? <laughs> Uh, if he was uh, if he was doing a five knuckle shuffle, uh, that is what. Yeah, that's what we'd. Jerk off. Jerk off. 
Yeah, that that that's all. Uh, that's what we we um, use as, as those terms essentially. So uh, yeah, a wanker and a toss is just knocking one out, really. I mean, Paul, the, the coffee's really kicking in. So if you've got any more news stories about, it, <laughs> 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 just, how just many pop- cups is that? <laughs> about seven. <laughs> well, I'll see what Mr. Ripley's in today. And Amanda's asleep. Yeah. That is yeah, understandable. I'm, I'm out with this combo. <laughs> Said enough. Ah, uh, I think I think we've had enough news. We've had far too much yeah. fun. We hope you've had fun. Um putting not as much fun as we've had. Uh but thank you for joining us. Uh look, I, I, you don't get Rubik's Cube talk on Disney Brit. I, I haven't listened to the latest episode, but I'm guarantee it now. They did not talk about Rubik's Cube tossers on, on their latest show. They will on the next episode, but not on the one that's currently out. Did, not on the one that's currently Brit's out. Brit's team would literally go dogging if it was Beauty and the Beast themed. I'm telling you now. <laughs> <laughs> they, they would go anywhere if it had the word Disney in it. I, I, I couldn't possibly comment. Yeah, I couldn't possibly comment. So, thank you all for joining us. Um, if you'd like to support the show... The shop is now open, or you can visit our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash disafterdark. If you want to reach out to us on Twitter, you can reach us at disafterdark. You can reach us on facebook.com forward slash disafterdark. I think that's right. Uh, Bebo, Friendstar, um, Tinder, uh, Grinder, we're all on there. Um, and uh, email us at, at uh, disasterdark at gmail.com as well. We had an email this week from a listener who's going to Disneyland Paris for the first time, um, waiting for a response back, but uh, could be a, a future guest. We're definitely going to be doing a show about that soon. Um, and we are actually going to have, uh, I think if we can arrange dates, uh, one of our old guests coming back to talk about Disneyland Paris as well uh, for her first trip. So, um, yeah, all of that coming soon on this show so until next episode enjoy the rest of uh, Feb Feb and uh, we'll see you soon bye like no one wants to say anything that's, that's amazing <laughs> oh, the whole episode the whole episode like no one's been able to shut up and now no one wants to say goodbye coffee low kicking in now <laughs> well, that was quick <laughs> Thank you for listening to this show. If you would like to support us and the other After Dark Podcast Network shows, please visit our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash disasterdark. That's P A T R E R N dot com slash disasterdark. As well as supporting the show, there are other goodies available, including badges and soon t shirts available as a thank you for your support. Podcast.